0: Yonkers, New York, is home to two shopping centers, the historic Cross County Shopping Center and the contemporary Ridge Hill. The two complexes, at present, are remarkably similar, as both are deeply commercialized outdoor shopping centers with residential components. Cross County Shopping Center opened in 1954 to public acclaim and has long since been the place to shop in Yonkers. The other is Ridge Hill. Ridge Hill sits upon the titular hill overlooking Interstate 87, across from the trifecta of Home Depot, Costco, and Stu Leonard's. Unlike Cross County, which underwent little trouble in its conception, Ridge Hill's construction was long-winded, faced concerns over its location displacing wildlife and causing excess traffic, and was questioned for its necessity. But chief among concerns regarding Ridge Hill is the alleged corruption surrounding its approval for construction. This took the form of a lawsuit against Sandy Anabi, a former member of the Yonkers City Council, and her cousin, Zahi Jerez, whom, while working as a consultant for Forest City Ratner, the developer of Ridge Hill, allegedly paid Anabi nearly $200,000 in bribes in order to secure her vote for the dual shopping center and residential complex. Hello, I'm John Sheridan, and in this podcast I will be delving into the truth behind the Ridge Hill corruption case, as well as exploring the impact the outdoor mall has had on those who work there, as well as the surrounding neighborhoods. By the end of this podcast, my hope is you, the listener, come away with a better understanding of the context surrounding Ridge Hill and can draw conclusions for yourself as to whether or not the multi-million dollar project deserves your scorn or your approval. During the mid-2000s, Ridge Hill was undergoing the approval process for construction by the Yonkers Municipal Government. The proposed complex had already undergone two years of review before the vote to decide its future. In order to secure a favorable vote, the developer of Ridge Hill, Forest City Ratner, employed Zehi Jerez, former Republican Party leader of Yonkers, as a consultant in order to secure his cousin, Sandy Anabi's vote. Sandy at the time was on the fence, and was withholding a vote of approval in hopes that Forest City Ratner would agree to a $10 million donation to the Yonkers public school system. Sandy would eventually vote yes. According to the court that convicted Sandy and Zehi. The form this Securing the Vote took was bribes, totaling around $195,000. Zahe testified under oath that these payments and gifts were given freely out of love. According to Zahe, he had been in love with Sandy ever since 2001, when he saw her in a summer blue dress. And these gifts that helped her buy a house and apartment, pay off her student loans, and lease a Mercedes, stemmed purely from that romantic interest. Whether or not these gifts were made out of love or were the product of shady backroom dealings, the fact of the matter is that the court convicted both Anabi and Jerez, with the two receiving sentences of six years and four years in prison, respectively. In order to garner information about this case, I interviewed someone close with Sandy Anabi at the time of the Ridge Hill controversy, Chuck Lesnick. Chuck served as Yonkers City Council President for eight years, beginning in 2006, One of his first acts as city council president was holding the vote for approval of Ridge Hill. We discussed the problems arising around the construction of Ridge Hill from the perspective of the city council and the political layout that led to its approval. It was in this interview that Chuck shared with me his opinion on whether or not bribery had occurred in the highest level of Yonkers government. So, just to clarify, you're saying that, um, as you understand it, the the money that Sandy received from Zahi. Uh, preceded any of the Ridge Hill stuff, uh, and it was more more than likely just had to do with their own personal relationship, not at all uh, concerning Ridge Hill at all. Like that's just- it pre- it preceded
1: and it followed. You know, it was it was a chunk of money, but it wasn't it wasn't one chunk. It was a series of, of things. It was a series mm-hmm. of gifts, and um, I, I think the prosecutor called them trinkets and dabbles or something like that. But but it was a series of things over a series of periods of times, and there were plenty of other reasons why that could have happened other than the Ridge Hill. And that Mm was an argument that the defense tried to make in the case, and evidently the court didn't buy it. So, you know, it is what it is.
0: He also explained to me the curious fact that regardless of whether Zahi's gifts were out of love for Sandy or obligation to Ratner, they had no actual impact on the outcome of the approval vote.
1: There was no incentive for Ratner to bribe um, Sandy. Now, maybe Ratna thought he had an incentive. Maybe he thought he needed them. Maybe there was an incentive for Sandy's cousin Zay to make it seem like Sandy's votes was, was uh, um, important. Mm-hmm. But but the reality was that since uh, three of the council members had already committed to Ridge Hill, and I had publicly committed uh, in my e-blast and everywhere else that I was going for Ridge Hill, th- there was no
0: need to... Have Sandy's vote. It was nice to have. Mm, okay, so and the reason why it was relevant was because while at the time it needed a five-two majority to win, you uh, you were planning if if it was if it ended up four-three, you could just uh, run through the uh, a change in the legislation saying we only need four-three, not five-two. Exactly. I, I had already taken the
1: step required to notify the county planning board of our intention to with to 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 exercise a home rule message Mm -hmm. to withdraw from the 5-2 requirement and have it only be 4-3 and even though we never pulled the trigger and took that subsequent vote we we had procedurally lined it up and announced our intention
0: and the vote in order for uh that vote if it had happened would have only needed a 4-3 itself right
1: and the key here was it also needed 30 days notice and we had notice, And it was something that Martinelli couldn't have done in um, um, December of 2005 because he had less than 30
0: days to go before the council went out of business. The vote for approval of Ridge Hill technically required a 5-2 supermajority in order to pass. But Chuck, aware of the fact that he had four yes votes already lined up, not including Sandy, prepared a vote that would essentially make it so Ridge Hill would only need a 4-3 majority to be approved, not 5-2. Somewhat humorously, that vote only required 4-3 itself. Essentially, if Sandy had voted no, and the initial approval vote didn't pass, the city council still had the road to approval that functionally made Sandy's vote irrelevant. Of course, Sandy did vote yes, making the plans for all this extra voting moot. But a backup was in place. Deciding whether or not the payments Sandy received from Zayi were gifts or bribes is almost impossible. But the court ruled that she was bribed, so she did her time and he did his, and now everyone involved has put this incident in the past. But the fact of the matter is, bribery or not, Sandy's vote had no impact on Ridge Hill's construction. The new mall was a foregone conclusion. With this striking conclusion behind us, a question still remains. What impact has Ridge Hill had on Yonkers, positive or negative? In my discussion with Chuck, we talked about the perceived benefits and detriments Ridge Hill had on Yonkers. He told me that the prevailing concern before the approval vote was the effect Ridge Hill would have on traffic on the surrounding area, with focus on Tuckahoe Road. To combat this concern, a traffic committee was established by the city council to assess the possible boost in traffic. The traffic committee did not find that traffic would be increased in such a way that would dissuade the council from approval, and now that Ridge Hill is built, there has not been a noticeable increase. Chuck's pet theory was that because people come and go at all hours of the day, and don't arrive and leave at a set time like what may happen at an office complex, there is never a rush of people that would congest the roads. I tend to agree with him. Another large concern was the impact on the environment the new construction would have, with a special emphasis put on wildlife displacement. It was not enough concern to make any significant waves, but the concern was well founded. In the months after construction began, Chuck, who lives nearby, told me that he noticed a greater than average number of deer moving through his backyard. While it is only anecdotal evidence, it is worth noting. Perhaps the greatest concern among those living in the neighborhood of Homefield, which is across I-87 from Ridge Hill, is the new light pollution. Though no residents of Homefield could be reached for comment for this podcast, I have privately discussed with both friends and family this issue. They have said that while before they had a nice view of lush green hill, following Ridge Hill's construction, that view is now marred by a large number of buildings and the extraordinary amount of light they put out. I've been told the large RH sign is a culprit in this problem. The unfortunate consequence of all this is where before residents of Homefield could experience some level of stargazing, or at least as much as possible in the NYC suburbs, that experience is now impossible. Equally unfortunate is that there does not seem to be an easy solution to this problem, short of asking Ridge Hill to go dark during certain hours of the night. Chuck also imparted to me a notable benefit of Ridge Hill, despite all of these smaller detriments. According to calculations done by the city council during the approval process, a fully completed Ridge Hill was estimated to contribute about $10 million in tax revenue annually. It is necessary to note that Ridge Hill has not actually technically been fully completed to this day, with space still available for a number of new retail stores. As a result, the tax revenue likely falls somewhat short of the $10 million figure, but the exact number was not available to Chuck at the time of our interview. This, however, means that further expansion of Ridge Hill would be a benefit to Yonkers in the form of greater tax revenue, without the risk of further wildlife displacement or significantly increased light pollution, as the area that would house new stores has already been constructed. After my interview with Chuck, I was interested in the perceived good and bad qualities of Ridge Hill, according to someone who had actually worked there. Luckily for me, I was already very close to someone who fits that exact description. Carrie Parkey is a Yonkers resident and has been for over 30 years. She also happens to be my mother. Shortly after Ridge Hill's completion, she began working at the complex's Instance of Whole Foods. She worked there in the grocery store's floral department for about two years. Over that period of time, she developed a number of opinions on both Whole Foods and Ridge Hill. I asked her whether she had any criticisms of Ridge Hill as a whole. Um,
2: a criticism that I had of Ridge Hill was mostly had to do with um, transportation. Um, one, I... You know, for the people who have cars, a criticism I had is that they would have to pay for parking. Um, So that seemed like an annoyance and an an unfair expense for the consumer.
0: The fact that there is paid parking at Ridge Hill is especially curious when comparing it to Cross County, which has free parking. However, at the time of this podcast writing during the COVID-19 pandemic... Ridge Hill has made parking free for both employees and the visitors. How long that stays true remains to be seen.
2: And then um, the other criticism was for, again, for the employees. So if you worked um, at at Whole Foods, but there were other other places that were opening up while I was there. Um, But if you had the last shift, during the winter, it was also often really cold and dark. And if you didn't have a car but needed to take public transit home, then um, there was a bus that would come and there was no shelter to wait for that bus. So you can imagine if you were in a been on your feet all day, and then you have to um, clean up the store at night before you can go home, you're exhausted. And um, you get to the bus stop and there's no rest for the weary, and uh, because it's um, is on a hill, the wind is is very cold, and it just seemed like um, uh, uh, like the workers weren't being cared for, like, and um, it was clear to me that, that you know they had spent all their their day de- their whole day caring for other people, giving um, them the best customer service possible, which was one of the um, expectations, certainly at Whole Foods. And then in return, I felt like they weren't, um, uh, people weren't looking out for their best interest.
0: Distinct from the unlikely solution to the light pollution problem, the issue of leaving workers out in the cold to wait for the bus seems to have a relatively easy and inexpensive solution. Simply build a glass shelter at the bus stop for workers to wait in. If the owners of Ridge Hill were feeling particularly generous, this shelter could also have a button that could be pushed for heat, just like the areas one might find at certain stops along the Metro North. I also asked Carrie about whether she thought Ridge Hill brought any positives to the Yonkers community. However, she quickly went back to criticizing Ridge Hill, this time for its location, and suggested improvements to the New York rail system.
2: Um, I guess the praise that I would have is just, um, you know, that it did and still continues um, to provide jobs for people. Um, but I think the the place where it's located, you know, I'm I'm a train person, and um, I would have, you know, I I think that the train is um, the most eco-friendly way to get from point A to point B, and I would like to see more businesses along um, either the Hudson line or the, the Harlan line for Metro North.
0: While Carrie was quick to criticize Ridge Hill despite being asked the opposite, she does bring up a good point on the mall providing jobs for the community. While the number of people employed at Ridge Hill is not available to the public, an educated guess would state at least 1,000 people worked there. Those are jobs that would not exist without Ridge Hill having been built, and the impact those jobs have on the local economy is not to be understated. Ridge Hill is a complicated, new part of Yonker's history. With the possibility that corruption created the shopping center now thoroughly squashed, the question still remains, should it have been built? Let's weigh the pros and cons. As I've discussed, the notable cons are light pollution, some wildlife displacement, and mistreatment of workers in regards to transportation. The pros are largely the tax revenue the mall brings into the city, as well as the jobs created for the community. Do these pros outweigh the cons? Does the economic impact offset the environmental changes? I cannot answer these questions for you. I can only bring you the facts to the best of my ability. It's up to you, listener, to decide for yourself whether Ridge Hill is worth having in Yonkers. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, it seems like Ridge Hill is here to stay for the foreseeable future. But that doesn't mean changes can't be made. If light pollution is a major issue for you, I encourage you to start a petition for Ridge Hill to turn off the lights at night. If workers' rights is important to your sensibilities, then start a movement to build a shelter against the wind for workers who take the bus. It's important for us all to be involved in the community, and to pay attention to the new developments that may be affecting us. Like it or not, Ridge Hill is part of Yonkers now, but that doesn't mean Yonkers shouldn't get a say in how Ridge Hill conducts itself. It's up to you to take that stand. This podcast is brought to you by the Yonkers Public Library, in association with Sarah Lawrence College. For more podcasts by Sarah Lawrence students discussing the current and past issues of Yonkers, please visit www.ypl.org. Thank you.